Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is part 3 of, NGO and Yukowski on Alignment Difficulty, published by Eliezer Yukowski and Richard NGO on the AI Alignment Forum. 4. Follow-ups. 4.1. Richard NGO Summary. NGO September 10th Google Doc. Second Discussion. Mostly summaries not quotations, also hasn't yet been evaluated by Eliezer. Eliezer, summarized by Richard, the A-core concept which people have trouble grasping is consequentialism. People try to reason about how AIs will solve problems, and ways in which they might or might not be dangerous. But they don't realize that the ability to solve a wide range of difficult problems implies that an agent must be doing a powerful search over possible solutions, which is the A-core skill required to take actions which greatly affect the world. Making this type of AI safe is like trying to build an AI that drives red cars very well, but can't drive blue cars, there's no way you get this by default, because the skills involved are so similar. And because the search process is so general is by default so general, it'll be very hard to I don't currently see how to constrain it into any particular region. Yukowski 1048 September 10th comment. The. A concept, which some people have had trouble grasping. There seems to be an endless list. I didn't have to spend much time contemplating consequentialism to derive the consequences. I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it until people started arguing. Yukowski 1050 September 10th comment. The. A. Yukowski 1052 September 10th comment. The search process, is, so general. Is by default. The reason I keep emphasizing that things are only true by default is that the work of surviving may look like doing hard non-default things. I don't take fatalistic will happen stances, I assess difficulties of getting non-default results. Yukowski 1052 September 10th comment. It'll be very hard to. I don't currently see how to. NGO September 10th Google Doc. Eliezer, summarized by Richard, continued, in biological organisms, evolution is one source the ultimate source of consequentialism. A second secondary outcome of evolution is reinforcement learning. For an animal like a cat, upon catching a mouse, or failing to do so, many parts of its brain get slightly updated, in a loop that makes it more likely to catch the mouse next time. Note, however, that this process isn't powerful enough to make the cat a pure consequentialist, rather, it has many individual traits that, when we view them from this lens, point in the same direction. A third thing that makes humans in particular consequentialist is planning, another outcome of evolution, which helps make humans in particular more consequentialist, is planning, especially when we're aware of concepts like utility functions. Yukowski 1053 September 10th Comment 1. The Ultimate Yukowski 1053 September 10th Comment 2nd. Secondary Outcome of Evolution Yukowski 1055 September 10th Comment Especially when we're aware of concepts like utility functions. Very slight effect on human effectiveness in almost all cases because humans have very poor reflectivity. NGO September 10th Google Doc Richard, summarized by Richard, consider an AI that, given a hypothetical scenario, tells us what the best plan to achieve a certain goal in that scenario is. Of course it needs to do consequentialist reasoning to figure out how to achieve the goal. But that's different from an AI which chooses what to say as a means of achieving its goals. I'd argue that the former is doing consequentialist reasoning without itself being a consequentialist, while the latter is actually a consequentialist. Or more succinctly, Consequentialism equals problem-solving skills plus using those skills to choose actions which achieve goals. Eliezer, summarized by Richard, the former AI might be slightly safer than the latter if you could build it, but I think people are likely to dramatically overestimate how big the effect is. 
The difference could just be one line of code, if we give the former AI our current scenario as its input, then it becomes the latter. For purposes of understanding alignment difficulty, you want to be thinking on the level of abstraction where you see that in some sense it is the search itself that is dangerous when it's a strong enough search, rather than the danger seeming to come from details of the planning process. One particularly helpful thought experiment is to think of advanced AI as an outcome pump which selects from futures in which a certain outcome occurred, and takes whatever action leads to them. Yukowski 1059 September 10th comment. Particularly helpful. Attempted explanatory. I don't think most readers got it. I'm a little puzzled by how often you write my viewpoint as thinking that whatever I happen to say a sentence about is the key thing. It seems to rhyme with a deeper failure of many EAs to pass the Miri ITT. To be a bit blunt and impolite in hopes that long languishing social processes ever get anywhere, two obvious uncharitable explanations for why some folks may systematically misconstrue Miri Eliezer as believing much more than in reality that various concepts and argument wanders over are big ideas to us, when some conversation forces us to go to that place. A. Paints a comfortably unflattering picture of Miri the other as weirdly obsessed with these concepts that seem not so persuasive, or more generally paints the other as a bunch of weirdos who stumbled across some concept like consequentialism and got obsessed with it. In general, to depict the other as thinking a great deal of some idea, or explanatory thought experiment, is to tie and stake their status to the listener's view of how much status that idea deserves. So if you say that the other thinks a great deal of some idea that isn't obviously high status, that lowers the other's status, which can be a comfortable thing to do. Cunt. B. It paints a more comfortably self-flattering picture of a continuing or persistent disagreement, as a disagreement with somebody who thinks that some random concept is much higher status than it really is, in which case there isn't more to done or understood except to duly politely let the other person try to persuade you the concept deserves its high status. As opposed to, ha, maybe there it's a non-central point that the other person sees themselves as being stopped on and forced to explain to me, which is a much less self-flattering viewpoint on why the conversation is staying within a place. And correspondingly more of a viewpoint that somebody else is likely to have of us, because it is a comfortable view to them, than a viewpoint that it is comfortable to us to imagine them having. Taking the viewpoint that somebody else is getting hung up on a relatively non-central point can also be a flattering self-portrait to somebody who believes that, of course. It doesn't mean they're right. But it does mean that you should be aware of how the other's story, told from the other's viewpoint, is much more liable to be something that the other finds sensible and perhaps comfortable, even if it implies an unflattering, an untrue-seeming and perhaps untrue, view of yourself, then something that makes the other seem weird and silly in which it is easy and congruent for you yourself to imagine the other thinking. NGO 11-18 September 12th comment. I'm a little puzzled by how often you write my viewpoint as thinking that whatever I happen to say a sentence about is the key thing. In this case, I emphasize the outcome pump thought experiment because you said that the time-traveling scenario was a key moment for your understanding of optimization, and the outcome pump seemed to be similar enough and easier to convey in the summary, since you'd already written about it. I'm also emphasizing consequentialism because it seemed like the core idea which kept coming up in our first debate, under the heading of deep problem-solving patterns. Although I take your earlier point that you tend to emphasize things that your interlocutor is more skeptical about, not necessarily the things which are most central to your view. But if consequentialism isn't in fact a very central concept for you, I'd be interested to hear what role it plays. NGO September 10th Google Doc. Richard, summarized by Richard, there's a component of finding a plan which achieves a certain outcome which involves actually solving the object-level problem of how someone who is given the plan can achieve the outcome. And there's another component which is figuring out how to manipulate that person into doing what you want. 
To me it seems like Eliezer's argument is that there's no training regime which leads an AI to spend 99% of its time thinking about the former, and 1% thinking about the latter. Yukowski 1120 September 10th comment. No training regime. That the training regimes we come up with first, in the three months or two years we have before somebody else destroys the world, will not have this property. I don't have any particularly complicated or amazingly insightful theories of why I keep getting depicted as a fatalist, but my world is full of counterfactual functions, not constants. And I am always aware that if we had access to a real textbook from the future explaining all of the methods that are actually robust in real life, the equivalent of telling us in advance about all the reliefs that in real life were only invented and understood a few decades after sigmoids, we could go right ahead and build a superintelligence that thinks 2 plus 2 equals 5. All of my assumptions about I don't see how to do X are always labeled as ignorance on my part and a default because we won't have enough time to actually figure out how to do X. I'm constantly maintaining awareness of this because being wrong about it being difficult is a major place where hope potentially comes from. If there's some idea like reliefs that robustly vanquishes the difficulty, which I just didn't think of. Which does not, alas, mean that I am wrong about any particular thing, nor that the infinite source of optimistic ideas that is the wider field of AI alignment is going to produce a good idea from the same process that generates all the previous naive optimism through not seeing where the original difficulty comes from or what other difficulties surround obvious naive attempts to solve it. NGO September 10th Google Doc. Richard, Summarized by Richard, continued, while this may be true in the limit of increasing intelligence, the most relevant systems are the earliest ones that are above human level. But humans deviate from the consequentialist abstraction you're talking about in all sorts of ways, for example, being raised in different cultures can make people much more or less consequentialist. So it seems plausible that early AGIs can be superhuman while also deviating strongly from this abstraction, not necessarily in the same ways as humans, but in ways that we push them towards during training. Eliezer, summarized by Richard, even at the Einstein or von Neumann level these types of deviations start to subside. And the sort of pivotal acts which might realistically work require skills significantly above human level. I think even 1% of the cognition of an AI that can assemble advanced nanotech, thinking about how to kill humans, would doom us. Your other suggestions for pivotal acts, surveillance to restrict AGI proliferation, persuading world leaders to restrict AI development, are not politically feasible in real life, to the level required to prevent the world from ending, or else require alignment in the very dangerous domain of superhuman manipulation. Richard, summarized by Richard, I think we probably also have significant disagreements about geopolitics which affect which acts we expect to be pivotal, but it seems like our comparative advantage is in discussing cognition, so let's focus on that. We can build systems that outperform humans at quite a few tasks by now, without them needing search abilities that are general enough to even try to take over the world. Putting aside for a moment the question of which tasks are pivotal enough to save the world, which parts of your model draw the line between human-level chess players and human-level galaxy colonizers, and say that we'll be able to align ones that significantly outperform us on these tasks before they take over the world, but not on those tasks? Eliezer, summarized by Richard, one aspect there is domain generality which in turn is achieved through novel domain learning. One can imagine asking the question, is there a super-intelligent AGI that can quickly build nanotech the way that a beaver solves building dams, in virtue of having a bunch of specialized learning abilities without it or having a cross-domain general learning ability? But there are many, many, many things that humans do which no other animal does, which you might think would contribute a lot to that animal's fitness if there were animalistic ways to do it, for example mining and smelting iron. Although comparisons to animals are not generally reliable arguments about what AIs can do, for example chess is much easier for chips than neurons. 
So my answer is perhaps, but not by default, there's a bunch of sub-problems, I don't actually know how to do it right now, it's not the easiest way to get an AGI that can build nanotech. Can I explain how I know that? I'm really not sure I can. Yukowski 1126 September 10th comment. Can I explain how I know that? I'm really not sure I can. In original text, this sentence was followed by a long attempt to explain anyways, if deleting that, which is plausibly the correct choice, this lead-in sentence should also be deleted, as otherwise it paints a false picture of how much I would try to explain anyways. NGO 1115 September 12th comment. Makes sense. Deleted. NGO September 10th Google Doc. Richard, summarized by Richard, challenges which are trivial from a human engineering perspective can be very challenging from an evolutionary perspective, for example spinning wheels. So the evolution of animals with a little bit of help from humans might end up in very different places from the evolution of animals just by themselves. And analogously, the ability of humans to fill in the gaps to help less general AIs achieve more might be quite significant. On nanotech, what are the most relevant axes of difference between solving protein folding and designing nanotech that, say, self-assembles into a computer? Eliezer, summarized by Richard, this question seemed potentially cruxy to me. I.e., if building protein factories that built nanofactories that built nanomachines that met a certain deep and lofty engineering goal, didn't involve cognitive challenges different in kind from protein folding, we could maybe just safely go do that using AlphaFold 3, which would be just as safe as AlphaFold 2. I don't think we can do that but it is among the more plausible advanced specified miracles we could get. At this point our last hope is that in fact the future is often quite surprising. Richard, summarized by Richard, it seems to me that you're making the same mistake here as you did with regards to recursive self-improvement in the AI foom debate, namely, putting too much trust in one big abstraction. Eliezer, summarized by Richard, I suppose that is what it could potentially feel like from the inside to not get an abstraction. Robin Hansen kept on asking why I was trusting my abstractions so much, when he was in the process of trusting his worse abstractions instead. 4.2. Nate Soares Summary. Soares September 12th Google Doc. Consequentialism. Okay, here's a handful of notes. I apologize for not getting them out until midday Sunday. My main intent here is to do some shoring up of the ground we've covered. I'm hoping for skims and maybe some light comment back and forth as seems appropriate, perhaps similar to Richard's summary, but don't think we should derail the main thread over it. If time is tight, I would not be offended for these notes to get little to no interaction. My sense is that there's a few points Eliezer was trying to transmit about consequentialism, that I'm not convinced have been received. I'm going to take a whack at it. I may well be wrong, both about whether Eliezer is in fact attempting to transmit these, and about whether Richard received them. I'm interested in both protests from Eliezer and paraphrases from Richard. Soares September 12th Google Doc. 1. The consequentialism is in the plan, not the cognition. I think Richard and Eliezer are coming at the concept consequentialism from very different angles, as evidenced e.g. by Richard saying, Nate's crappy paraphrase, where do you think the consequentialism is in a cat? And Eliezer responding, Nate's crappy paraphrase, the cause of the apparent consequentialism of the cat's behavior is distributed between its brain and its evolutionary history. In particular, I think there's an argument here that goes something like, observe that, from our perspective, saving the world seems quite tricky, and seems likely to involve long sequences of clever actions that force the course of history into a narrow band, e.g., because if we saw short sequences of dumb actions, we could just get started? Suppose we were presented with a plan that allegedly describes a long sequence of clever actions that would, if executed, force the course of history into some narrow band. 
For concreteness, suppose it is a plan that allegedly funnels history into the band where we have wealth and acclaim. One plausible happenstance is that the plan is not in fact clever, and would not in fact have a forcing effect on history. For example, perhaps the plan describes founding and managing some Silicon Valley startup, that would not work in practice. Conditional on the plan having the history funneling property, there's a sense in which it's scary regardless of its source. For instance, perhaps the plan describes founding and managing some Silicon Valley startup, and will succeed virtually every time it's executed, by dint of having very generic descriptions of things like how to identify and respond to competition, including descriptions of methods for superhumanly good analyses of how to psychoanalyze the competition and put pressure on their weak points. In particular, note that one need not believe the plan was generated by some agent-like cognitive system that, in a self-contained way, made use of reasoning we'd characterize as possessing objectives and pursuing them in the real world. More specifically, the scariness is a property of the plan itself. For instance, the fact that this plan accrues wealth and a claim to the executor, in a wide variety of situations, regardless of what obstacles arise, implies that the plan contains course-correcting mechanisms that keep the plan on target. In other words, plans that manage to actually funnel history are, the argument goes, liable to have a wide variety of course correction mechanisms that keep the plan oriented towards some target. And while this course correcting property tends to be a property of history funneling plans, the choice of target is of course free, hence the worry. Of course, in practice we perhaps shouldn't be visualizing a single plan handed to us from an AI or a time machine or whatever, but should instead imagine a system that is reacting to contingencies and replanning in real time. At the least, this task is easier, as one can adjust only for the contingencies that are beginning to arise, rather than needing to predict them all in advance and or describe general contingency handling mechanisms. But, and feel free to take a moment to predict my response before reading the next sentence, run this AI that replans autonomously on the fly and run this AI plus human loop that replans plus re-evaluates on the fly, are still in this sense plans, that still likely have the property of a leaser. Consequentialism, insofar as they work. So are a September 12th Google Doc. There's a part of this argument I have not yet driven home. Factoring it out into a separate bullet. 2. If a plan is good enough to work, it's pretty consequentialist in practice. In attempts to collect and distill a handful of scattered arguments of Eliezer's. If you ask GPT-3 to generate you a plan for saving the world, it will not manage to generate one that is very detailed. And if you tortured a big language model into giving you a detailed plan for saving the world, the resulting plan would not work. In particular, it would be full of errors like insensitivity to circumstance, suggesting impossible actions, and suggesting actions that run entirely across purposes to one another. A plan that is sensitive to circumstance, and that describes actions that synergize rather than conflict, like, in a laser's analogy, photons in a laser, is much better able to funnel history into a narrow band. But, on a laser's view as I understand it, this the plan is not constantly tripping over its own toes property, goes hand in hand with what he calls consequentialism. As a particularly stark and formal instance of the connection, observe that one way a plan can trip over its own toes is if it says then trade five oranges for two apples, then trade two apples for four oranges. This is clearly an instance of the plan failing delays, of some orange needing part of the plan working at cross-purposes to some apple needing part of the plan, or something like that. And this is also a case where it's easy to see how if a plan is lazing with respect to apples and oranges, then it is behaving as if governed by some coherent preference. And the point as I understand it isn't all toe tripping looks superficially like an inconsistent preference, but rather insofar as a plan does manage to chain a bunch of synergistic actions together, it manages to do so precisely insofar as it is a leaser. Consequentialist. See if the analogy to information theory, 
where if you're staring at a maze and you're trying to build an accurate representation of that maze in your own head, you will succeed precisely insofar as your process is Bayesian, information theoretic. And, like, this is supposed to feel like a fairly tautological claim, you, almost certainly, can't get the image of a maze in your head to match the maze in the world by visualizing a maze at random, you have to add visualized walls using some process that's correlated with the presence of actual walls. Your maze visualizing process will work precisely insofar as you have access to and correctly make use of, observations that correlate with the presence of actual walls. You might also visualize extra walls in locations where it's politically expedient to believe that there's a wall, and you might also avoid visualizing walls in a bunch of distant regions of the maze because it's dark and you haven't got all day, but the resulting visualization in your head is accurate precisely insofar as you're managing to act kinda like a Bayesian. Similarly, the analogy goes, a plan works in concert and avoids stepping on its own toes precisely insofar as it is consequentialist. These are two sides of the same coin, two ways of seeing the same thing. And, I'm not so much attempting to argue the point here, as to make sure that the shape of the argument, as I understand it, has been understood by Richard. In particular, the shape of the argument I see Eliezer as making is that clumsy plans don't work, and laser-like plans work insofar as they are managing to act kinda like a consequentialist. Rephrasing again, we have a wide variety of mathematical theorems all spotlighting, from different angles, the fact that a plan lacking in clumsiness, is possessing of coherence. And, my model of Eliezer is quick to note, this OFC does not mean that all sufficiently intelligent minds must generate very coherent plans. If you really knew what you were doing, you could design a mind that emits plans that always trip over themselves along one particular axis, just as with sufficient mastery you could build a mind that believes 2 plus 2 equals 5, for some reasonable cashing out of that claim. But you don't get this for free, and there's a sort of attractor here, when building cognitive systems, where just as generic training will tend to cause it to have true beliefs, so will generic training tend to cause its plans delays. And OFC much of the worry is that all the mathematical theorems that suggest this plan manages to work precisely insofar as it's lazing in some direction, say nothing about which direction it must laze. Hence, if you show me a plan clever enough to force history into some narrow band, I can be fairly confident it's doing a bunch of lazing, but not at all confident which direction it's lazing in. So are a September 12th Google Doc. One of my guesses is that Richard does in fact understand this argument, though I personally would benefit from a paraphrase, to test this hypothesis, and perhaps even buys it, but that Richard gets off the train at a following step, namely that we need plans that lays, because ones that don't aren't strong enough to save us. Where in particular, I suspect most of the disagreement is in how far one can get with plans that are more like language model outputs and less like lasers, rather than in the question of which pivotal acts would put an end to the acute risk period. But setting that aside for a moment, I want to use the above terminology to restate another point I saw Eliezer as attempting to make, one big trouble with alignment, in the case where we need our plans to be like lasers, is that on the one hand we need our plans to be like lasers, but on the other hand we want them to fail to be like lasers along certain specific dimensions. For instance, the plan presumably needs to involve all sorts of mechanisms for refocusing the laser in the case where the environment contains fog, and redirecting the laser in the case where the environment contains mirrors, the analogy is getting a bit strained here, sorry, bear with me, so that it can in fact hit a narrow and distant target. Refocusing and redirecting to stay on target are part and parcel to plans that can hit narrow distant targets. But the humans shutting the AI down is like scattering the laser, and the humans tweaking the AI so that it plans in a different direction is like them tossing up mirrors that redirect the laser, and we want the plan to fail to correct for those interferences. As such, on the Eliezer view as I understand it, we can see ourselves as asking for a very unnatural sort of object, 
a path through the future that is robust enough to funnel history into a narrow band in a very wide array of circumstances, but somehow insensitive to specific breeds of human-initiated attempts to switch which narrow band it's pointed towards. Okay. I meandered into trying to re-articulate the point over and over until I had a version distilled enough for my own satisfaction, which is much like arguing the point, apologies for the repetition. I don't think debating the claim is the right move at the moment, though I'm happy to hear rejoinders. Things I would like, though, are, Eliezer saying whether the above is on track from his perspective, and if not, then poking a few holes, and Richard attempting to paraphrase the above, such that I believe the arguments themselves have been communicated, saying nothing about whether Richard also buys them. So are a September 12th Google Doc. My Richard model's stance on the above points is something like this all seems kind of plausible, but where Eliezer reads it as arguing that we had better figure out how to handle lasers, I read it as an argument that we'd better save the world without needing to resort to lasers. Perhaps if I thought the world could not be saved except by lasers, I would share many of your concerns, but I do not believe that, and in particular it looks to me like much of the recent progress in the field of AI, from AlphaGo to GPT to AlphaFold, is evidence in favor of the proposition that we'll be able to save the world without lasers. And I recall actual Eliezer saying the following more or less in response, fuck, though readers note that I might be misunderstanding and this might be out of context. Definitely, turns out it's easier than you thought to use gradient descents memorization of zillions of shallow patterns that overlap and recombine into larger cognitive structures, to add up to a consequentialist nanoengineer that only does nanosystems and never does sufficiently general learning to apprehend the big picture containing humans, while still understanding the goal for that pivotal act you wanted to do is among the more plausible advanced specified miracles we could get. On my view, and I think on Eliezer's, the zillions of shallow pattern style AI that we see today, is not going to be sufficient to save the world, nor destroy it. There's a bunch of reasons that GPT and Alpha Zero aren't destroying the world yet, and one of them is this shallowness property. And, yes, maybe we'll be wrong. I myself have been surprised by how far the shallow pattern memorization has gone, and, for instance, was surprised by GPT, and acknowledge that perhaps I will continue to be surprised. But I continue to predict that the shallow stuff won't be enough. I have the sense that lots of folk in the community are, one way or another, saying why not consider the problems of aligning systems that memorize zillions of shallow patterns. And my answer is, I still don't expect those sorts of machines to either kill or save us, I'm still expecting that there's a phase shift that won't happen until AI systems start to be able to make plans that are sufficiently deep and laser-like to do scary stuff, and I'm still expecting that the real alignment challenges are in that regime. And this seems to me close to the heart of the disagreement, some people, like me, have an intuition that it's quite unlikely that figuring out how to get sufficient work out of shallow memorizers is enough to save us, and I suspect others, perhaps even Richard, have the sense that the aforementioned phase shift is the unlikely scenario, and that I'm focusing on a weird and unlucky corner of the space. I'm curious whether you endorse this, Richard, or some nearby correction of it. In particular, Richard, I am curious whether you endorse something like the following. I'm focusing all my efforts on the shallow memorizers case, because I think shallow memorizer alignment will by and large be sufficient, and even if it is not then I expect it's a good way to prepare ourselves for whatever we'll turn out to need in practice. In particular I don't put much stock in the idea that there's a predictable phase change that forces us to deal with laser-like planners, nor that predictable problems in that domain give large present reason to worry. I suspect not, at least not in precisely this form, and I'm eager for corrections. I suspect something in this vicinity constitutes a crux of the disagreement, and I would be thrilled if we could get it distilled down to something as concise as the above. And, for the record, I personally endorse the following counter to the above. I am focusing none of my efforts on shallow memorizer alignment, 
as I expect it to be far from sufficient, as I do not expect a singularity until we have more laser-like systems, and I think that the laser-like planning regime has a host of predictable alignment difficulties that Earth does not seem at all prepared to face, unlike, it seems to me, the shallow memorizer alignment difficulties, and as such I have large and present worries. So are a September 12th Google Doc. Okay, and now a few less substantial points. There's a point Richard made here. Oh, interesting. Actually one more question then, to what extent do you think that explicitly reasoning about utility functions and laws of rationality is what makes consequentialists have the properties you've been talking about? That I suspect constituted a miscommunication, especially given that the following sentence appeared in Richard's summary. A third thing that makes humans in particular consequentialist is planning, especially when we're aware of concepts like utility functions. In particular, I suspect Richard's model of Eliezer's model places, or placed, before Richard read Eliezer's comments on Richard's summary, some particular emphasis on systems reflecting and thinking about their own strategies, as a method by which the consequentialism and or effectiveness gets in. I suspect this is a misunderstanding, and I'm happy to say more on my model upon request, but am hopeful that the points I made a few pages above have cleared this up. Finally, I observe that there are a few places where Eliezer keeps beeping when Richard attempts to summarize him, and I suspect it would be useful to do the dorky thing of Richard very explicitly naming Eliezer's beeps as he understands them, for purposes of getting common knowledge of understanding. For instance, things I think it might be useful for Richard to say verbatim, assuming he believes them, which I suspect, and subject to Eliezer corrections, BC maybe I'm saying things that induce separate beeps. 1. Eliezer doesn't believe it's impossible to build AIs that have most any given property, including most any given safety property, including most any desired non-consequentialist or deferential property you might desire. Rather, Eliezer believes that many desirable safety properties don't happen by default, and require mastery of minds that likely takes a worrying amount of time to acquire. 2. The points about consequentialism are not particularly central in Eliezer's view, they seem to him more like obvious background facts, the reason conversation has lingered here in the EA sphere is that this is a point that many folk in the local community disagree on. For the record, I think it might also be worth Eliezer acknowledging that Richard probably understands point, one, and that glossing you don't get it for free by default and we aren't on course to have the time to get it as you can't is quite reasonable when summarizing. And it might be worth Richard counter-acknowledging that the distinction is actually quite important once you buy the surrounding arguments, as it constitutes the difference between describing the current playing field and laying down to die. I don't think any of these are high priority, but they might be useful if easy smile. Finally, stating the obvious to me, none of this is intended as criticism of either party, and all discussing parties have exhibited significant virtue according to Nate throughout this process. Yukowski 21-27 September 12th. From Nate's notes. For instance, the plan presumably needs to involve all sorts of mechanisms for refocusing the laser in the case where the environment contains fog, and redirecting the laser in the case where the environment contains mirrors, the analogy is getting a bit strained here, sorry, bear with me, so that it can in fact hit a narrow and distant target. Refocusing and redirecting to stay on target are part and parcel to plans that can hit narrow distant targets. But the humans shutting the AI down is like scattering the laser, and the humans tweaking the AI so that it plans in a different direction is like them tossing up mirrors that redirect the laser, and we want the plan to fail to correct for those interferences. Dash greater than good analogy. Or at least it sure conveys to me why corrigibility is anti-convergent, anti-coherent, actually moderately strongly contrary to and not just an orthogonal property of a powerful plan generator. But then, I already know why that's true and how it generalized up to resisting our various attempts to solve small pieces of more important aspects of it. It's not just true by weak default, 
It's true by a stronger default where a room full of people at a workshop spend several days trying to come up with increasingly complicated ways to describe a system that will let you shut it down, but not steer you through time into shutting it down, and all of those suggested ways get shot down. And yes, people outside Miri now and then publish papers saying they totally just solved this problem, but all of those solutions are things we considered and dismissed as trivially failing to scale to powerful agents, they didn't understand what we consider to be the first-order problems in the first place rather than these being evidence that Mary just didn't have smart enough people at the workshop. Yukowski 1856 November 5th follow-up comment. Egg, well, we took a system that only learned from reinforcement on situations it had previously been in, and couldn't use imagination to plan for things it had never seen, and then we found that if we didn't update it on shutdown situations, it wasn't reinforced to avoid shutdowns. This was part 3 of, NGO and Yukowski on alignment difficulty. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.